do it. Welcome, everybody, to The Outside Edge, a podcast from extreme athletes for extreme athletes and everybody in between, and all people that like to live on the outside edge. I'm your host, Dave Briscoe. Joined by my trusty producer, Mikey Lee. Woo-hoo! Hola, bienvenido a mi studio. Wow, are you what? practicing for when Biden takes over? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we all agree that he is going to be no taking over. No way in hell. Oh, he is so taking over. <laughs> ain't going to happen. It, how is it not going to happen? It's not going to happen. Look, no, it, only if your boy completely ru- ruins American oh, democracy. it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. The, the cheaters. <laughs> damn cheaters they are. I tell you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, well, how you been, man, with this whole crazy politics shit going on? Uh, I wish that, and, and I'm not trying to take a jab or anything, I wish that Donald Trump would once, for the four years that he's been in office, would just one time be presidential and concede the damn race and let it all be over He's with. being very presidential, protecting no, no. the fabric of America voting. There is no evidence of fraud. There's a not full, a, lots of evidence. There's lots, no evidence. Lots, lots, and lots of evidence. Judges are throwing lots up the cases. The he's whole, been thrown out of court over a dozen times. Two states have turned Nobody. Out. Two states have turned Still not from enough. Biden to Trump. Not enough. Including one of the state of our guests today. Guess who's returning? <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> it's our world champion friend. Got back for a second time, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Weddington. Right on. Thank you guys for having me. I'm Absolutely. glad to be back on the show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so far starting out stellar. Uh, <laughs> being, <laughs> <Yeah>. being, <laughs> being in the state of North Carolina, what do you guys think of uh, the uh, the state overturning the, uh, the results? Uh, you know, I... Man, I, I am not a politically charged guy. I, uh, I think, it, it, you know, Mike, to your point, I, you know, I think so having some some presidential behavior would be good at this this time, and to, uh, you know, let let the the chips fall where they have, and and kind of you know move along with it and concede, right? I mean, I just think I don't that. See, as as much as uh, as much as there are people like our good dear friend Dave who uh, somehow in their twisted world think that this is protecting democracy, uh, this is the the absolute worst thing that he could be doing right now. He's making himself look absolutely horrible. Even if two states have overturned, which they have, you're right, but uh, that's not enough. It's not enough. There's just He's going to continue there's to fight. Too many dead people have got votes in. There's too many. There's always going to be a non-zero a, t- amount of weird. fraud. Like where it's going to be weird every yeah. time. But it was that way whenever Hillary lost and had the popular vote. Well, minimizing the fraud is all I want to see. Right. I want to have faith in voting. Right, I do too, and I totally agree with Absolutely. you on that. On that note, I 100 yeah. percent agree with you. But there's not yes. enough votes in question to overturn the entire we'll election we'll see we'll see okay yeah to we'll change see. to change i'll bet you beer electoral. yeah i'll bet you a bottle i'll bet you a handle okay a handle Whoa. of your favorite flavor uh, well my favorite flavor is about 150 dollars a bottle well we'll, we'll have a budget okay <laughs> be a budgeted bottle <laughs> everything under 50 dollar handles yeah. <laughs> okay there you go, there you go. I have a, a yeah. ceiling on this thing. I am, I am very curious, though, to know, like, what is the uh, the mindset in North Carolina? I mean, are you seeing a lot of people that are happy about the results being overturned? Are you seeing people going, what in the hell is going on around here? I mean, what's the, what's there, the mindset? There is just a lot of what in the hell. I've seen – it's interesting. You know, the industry that I, I work in now, which is healthcare, 
which obviously spans a whole lot of different people and a whole lot of different voting factions. Um, you know, what I've seen from a lot of my really, really well-educated neurosurgeon friends or whatever, they're, they, you know, they've kind of conceded to the fact that, hey, if this is the way it's going, meaning the popular vote and the electoral college, you know, presumption is that it's going Biden's way, we need to keep moving, right? We need to right. kind of restore some sort of and, and quit with everybody's like back and forth and all over the place. And, and I mean, I think people are, are wearing thin of just the, the angst, the anger, the, the not knowing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's if, there. The whole COVID situation has left everybody in such a fragile sure. mindset. Oh, and, yeah. You know, everybody's a mess right now anyway. And this is just gas on the fire. And, and oh, here's, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and here's what I'm just going to make a prediction here. I, I think that. By the time all of the dust settles, because I think it's what we still have, geez Louise, almost a month yeah. before the Electoral College has to vote. I think it's December 14th. Um, and, and here's what I think is going to happen. Trump is going to be Donald Trump. He's going to kick his feet and stomp his feet and cry like a baby for the next month. And then once Biden takes over, which will probably happen, uh, he will never concede the race. He will never say, I concede and shake his hand. He will complain for the next four years that he was wronged, that he was cheated, that it was rigged, and he will do it the whole time as if he were some kind of exiled leader that was that was dethroned and sent to the desert to go. You know, how long think about do you think Biden done. will be in before they find him incompetent? They're not. They're not going to do that. I don't. I, I honestly <laughs> oh, yeah. don't think that they're going to do that. But I think Donald Trump will do this. I think this is honestly. I think this is really his plan. He's going to kick his feet, kicking and screaming for four years, saying that he's an exiled leader. And then he's going to run again in 2024. I That's it, what's going to happen. I think it's great. No, it's the worst you thing have, in the world. You have Look Tiger. You've got the Look Tiger the guy man. on your cup. You've yeah, got the Tiger guy in your cup. Making fun of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst thing for democracy. I can't believe that he's not just being a president. He's not doing... Well, let's move, let's let's move on. Let's move on yeah. to some other voting news that okay, we got. Sure. Which is pretty amazing. <laughs> um, Mike actually has been voted to be inducted into the Wakeboard Hall of Fame. How is that? Yeah, man, I'm I'm super, super honored. I'm super stoked. And it's been interesting, right? I've I've been, uh, you know, on the the board and served in in a capacity. And when I was nominated through the open nominations, I was effectively completely shut out of everything, right? Uh, Right. You can't, I can't, you know, when it goes to a voting panel of industry experts, when it goes out to these, you know, voting pools, usually, you know, I try and be very involved and, and very helpful and doing whatever I can to, to make sure that the votes are counted. That right. Things are, are <laughs> done appropriately, that, that you know, whatever. And, and so, you know, for months, I was kind of in the dark, right? Which is a really weird feeling when you're engaged with anything, right? Whether it's your, your job for making money or your volunteer efforts or whatever, like to be kind of just, you know, in the dark, so to speak, was a really, really strange feeling. And I didn't know anything until the actual announcement was made and the, the press release was released. So right. it was... It was really, you know, very cool, very humbling and and a huge, huge honor. And the people that I'm being inducted alongside of 
are just awesome and legends and friends of of both Dave and I. And yeah. that's what's so exciting for me is because uh, Shannon and Zane are both my students. You know, and I mean Zane moved into my house when he was fifteen, and I had Shannon from a young age, and. You know, those were full time, and I, I know that you were down at the school quite a bit as well through the years. And I feel like it's my boys. You know, my boys all getting inducted, and it's it's awesome. No, it is amazing, and to be you know to be mentioned or honored as myself alongside Shannon Best, alongside Zane, along Greg, you know, Greg Nelson, who obviously brought a different you know aesthetic to the sport, but but you know a very notable and influential aesthetic nonetheless. It's so cool, man. And then, yeah. you know, to even have, have some of the, you know, early lifetime achievement, you know, someone like Scott Harwood, who who's, you know, relatively obscure, but, you know, for him to be nominated and recognized for really early contributions in a, in a different way is really cool. You what know? are they doing it's, with Scott? I didn't, I didn't know what they were doing there. So, um, he's, he is a lifetime achiever. So okay. just... Yeah, so just, you know, been in the, from, you know, from kind of early stages, right, kind of crossing over from that surf yep. stuff. He was, you know, when, when Kobe and I, for example, came on with Full Tilt, Harwood was in the original, Scott Harwood was the original kind of poster boy catalog guy for Full Tilt before it was, you know, any sort of company at all and, and wrote a directional board that Full Tilt was making before any sort of twin tip came oh, no out. Kidding. I didn't even know Full Tilt made a directional. Yeah, they and they called it the Batwing. It was the funniest, funkiest looking, you know, and, and not pleasant to ride. I can certainly tell you that right. much. Wow. Uh, but it was called the Batwing and it had this terrible graphic and it was, huh. <laughs> it was really, but, but Scott wrote it and made it look good and was able to, to do a few things on this, this, uh, this plank. And, yeah, right. Uh, carried it on so um, but then you know even people like rich goforth or brandon Meek. brandon was always you know pushing the envelope and inventing stuff he'd you know he'd be in the backyard with byerly and gator and he'd be making you know boots that were velcroed to the top deck of the board that you could do like you know one footers and crazy stuff on that was just you know just thoughtful innovative stuff that then has been integrated and we even see it in you know some of today's writings where where these these young guys are doing these radical maneuvers and you can kind of you know you can trace them all the way back to influences like that which is is pretty radical you know uh does do they have a uh, a physical location for the wakeboard hall of fame yet no, there is no physical location. It's all digital currently, but that is something that the Hall of Fame has been working on. And and actually, you know, since the the 2020 induction class has been announced and I've been able to actually be back involved, we've got some really exciting upcoming partnerships that we are working on with some very big names in the industry that you guys will be familiar with um, when we're able to kind of talk about it and disclose. Come on. We need the, we need the, we need the scoop, man. We need the exclusive. I'll give you guys the scoop, man. As soon as, as I'm able to say the scoop, as soon as we kind of sign, sign up and sign off, dude, I'll, I'll, jump back on for five minutes and, and let you guys scoop it. Yeah. That's we need it. We need a, you heard it here first type story. That's what we need. Dude. I love it. 
So I got, I got to tell you, Mike, I, I, I want to get your opinion on this. So yesterday, uh, my, my son is, uh, he, as he, all kids now, ridiculous on Sunday with football. He puts four right. TVs in my living room. We've got four, oh, you know, four big screen TVs in my living room, and he's got four different games going on. It's at unbelievable. One time I went over there to pick up the trailer yesterday, and he had all that set up, and he's, I go, you think you got enough? And he goes, nope. They just sit nope. there all day long, <laughs> yeah. and they watch football. And they eat pizza and, like, McDonald's, and then they fall asleep because they, you know, food comas and the, and the garbage that they're eating. But anyway, we I come in, you know, later in the day, and I'm watching the Buccaneers, and there's a pretty good hit. And... um so he challenges me. He goes, oh, man, the hardest hits ever on, on in any sport of any kind. And I go, that's bullshit. I says, you have never caught an edge. You know, go out and do an S-bend and catch an edge on the way down. So that was the controversy that we get into is what's a harder hit? And I called Kovac, and Jeremy <laughs> tore into it. So I'll let you go for a minute on what you think the harder hit is in a sport. Oh, dude, I, you know what? I can't imagine getting bowled over by some massive, freakishly sized lineman or somebody on an open field tackle, but I can tell everybody for certain that some of the hits that, that you've taken and, and I have taken will rival any of those poundings. They will they, they rival a, a bus crash or a helicopter <laughs> falling out of the damn sky. I mean yeah, I know you it. know, when 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 I wake up and I'm swimming down instead of up to try and find you know, I'm swimming into the light because I've just come to and I'm face down in the water, there's there's certainly something to be said for oh, that. Oh man, that's so hard. And it definitely doesn't help with my long-term memory goals anymore that's right. for sure well that, that's what we were joking before so uh, the people that don't know is we're trying to get on the show today and we're trying to figure out skype and here's a couple <laughs> of wakeboarders that have had 30 concussions trying to figure out a computer and it was pretty painful so. oh, it, yeah yeah it was not it was not pretty and and we we finally came to a different solution but damn it was uh yeah yeah, being so, being sharp at certain times is not really going to happen at this point. So Kovac definitely uh, said that um, you know, he compared it to uh, wakeboarding. Was I, I think wakeboarding crashes the hardest I ever had. I was a freestyle jumper and I distance jumped a little bit, but you know Jeremy was a high end uh, jumper as well. And it, when you put the two together of wakeboarding and jumping, he said that definitely the most devastating crashes he's ever had in his life are, is jumping. Which, you know, I get. If you go doing a 200-foot poke and you're 30 feet in the air and going 80 miles an hour, it's pretty uh, pretty evil crashes. I absolutely agree with, with Jeremy and his, uh, you know, I've never been in that situation, but coming off a jump at that kind of blazing speed and, and going for a 200-footer or something like that is has got to be unbelievably staggering crashes, you know? Yeah, so. Right. But I'll, I'll, you know what, I'll put, you know, and, and I don't have a basis for it, but, but I'd, I'd say charging in on a double up and catching a heel edge on the way down in some terrible fashion will we'll do some real, uh, you know. Well, that's why I don't wakeboard anymore. <laughs> that and I'm fat. But, uh, but, I, but I did it a couple of times with you, Dave. Got up, was fine, and for whatever reason, I can go – like you know, you start in the middle of the wake. Yeah, I can get outside the wake on, on either side. side. Yeah, You're on either better. side. Okay, but I nice. I can never go back over the wake. Right, and I want to say, <laughs> and I want to say, I the 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 way that I ended my wakeboarding career. I mean, it was a devastating crash. Um, 
I want to say I was doing that very, very difficult uh, trick called getting over the wake to the other side of the boat. And um, and uh, and and I caught a heel side and and smacked my head so hard that I had I probably had a concussion, but it happened twice. The first time I was like, all right, that's OK. I'll get over it. I'll do it again. Second time it happened again, I had a headache all day. Like two days I had a headache, yeah. and I was like, that's it. I'm done. I don't we need to We used to call that Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, absolutely. Yeah. Look, when, when Kobe or myself or any of us in the house, you know, Bischoff or anyone would, would get a, a concussion or, or whatever, we would do exactly as they tell you to do, right? We would go directly to bed and go to sleep. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly what you're supposed I, there, to do, yeah. There were there were many a day where we would be like, hey, you know, where's Kobe Ben? Where's Bish? Where's Michael? Where 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 is everybody? What's what's going on? And you know, they, we emerged, you know, 48 hours later, and we're like, hey, what you know, what happened? Did I fall asleep for a few hours? And they're like, dude, it's been 48 hours, you idiot. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it uh, it's some scary stuff. And they're at least you know they're they're taking it a lot more seriously nowadays. I know Dave, you said with with your son and watching these football hits and everything, they're yeah. they're at least more cognizant of it. I, I don't know where the science is going, where it all kind of uh, is headed, but but it is obviously much more on the forefront of people, but almost to the point of, of you know, people are afraid to do stuff or push themselves for fear of getting a concussion yeah. as well, which I'm not in agreement with, you know? So somebody brought it to my attention. I haven't heard the episode yet, but a buddy of mine, Arnie Bennett, who's been on the show a few times, he listened to Joe Rogan the other day, and okay. apparently Joe Rogan was talking about the the hardest and toughest uh, athletes on the planet and he was talking about wakeboarding and i haven't listened to the the show yet but he said these wakeboarders he goes they know that they're going to go out there they know that they're going to have a crash and they right. keep doing it and they, they keep pushing themselves and you know we were talking about that the other day when, when we were coming up you know once a week there might be a new trick invented you know in the 90s and you're like sure. ah shit now i gotta learn that trick you know and, and, you, and you had to go out and you had to learn it that's right, dude. Absolutely. And we had to learn it, mind you, and, and everyone listening, that it was on tiny ass wakes with a low pole, right? Like, sure. That was the weirdest part of the whole thing, right? Where, you know, and certainly I'm, I'm so proud of all the manufacturers for pulling their game up and, and taking cues from the athletes and the, the technology to make bigger, badder ass wakes and, you know, killer towers and all that. Yeah. But I mean, look, we're riding behind, you know, an unweighted whatever, right? right? You know, Malibu skier or a Mastercraft Pro Star 190 or something. Yep. <laughs> I'm so excited. I didn't, I didn't tell you this. I, so I got home from New York and um, there was a guy that lives on the chain of lakes and I've seen his boat out a few times before. And I says, man, if you ever get rid of that, let me know. It's an 88 Mastercraft Pro Star 190. Uh -oh. And it no was the way. boat, when I moved to Cypress Gardens in 87, I came in October of 87, and that would have been the new model year boat comes out in September. So that would have was the exact boat. It was an 88 Mastercraft 190. And my initiation skiing at Cypress Gardens is they made me barefoot down the canal to where my lake is now. And it's, it's the Lake Roy Canal, which you remember going from uh, Lake yeah. Lulu to Lake Roy. And you got to go under that bridge and there's a little kink. So the boat's got to turn while you're barefoot and you, you have to duck for the bridge and then try not to get whipped into the wall. And that oh, was perfect. Yeah, that's your initiation. That was my initiation. If, and if you could survive that, then you could, you know, you could handle anything. I mean, there's no there's no way you're going to climb to a pro level if you can't survive that. 
That's right. That's you know? right. Dude, but that's I mean, awesome. now somebody would go to jail for you know making somebody do that. Oh my but, god! Yeah, but for, yeah for sure. Yeah. A little hazing like that. Oh, right. But I've got the boat, and I'm I've, I'm gutting the thing. So uh, uh, the engine runs fine, but I'm putting all new floor in and all new vinyl, and it's going to be pimped out. So. Uh, and I'm starting the ski school back up. I don't think I told you that either. But um, after I went to New York this summer, you know, I, I realized right. how much I miss being on the boat. So uh, I'm fully blown starting the school back up. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That's, that's oh, a yeah, congratulations. Yeah. I'm going to do, um, I, I'm going to concentrate mainly on everything, you know, getting kids on skis and, you know, getting up backwards on a slalom and, and just try and, stuff that we used to have fun doing instead of just right, focusing right. on wakeboarding or focusing on a, a specific just remember that it's 2020 and uh, making comments about girls boobs or trying to get them to do that is very highly frowned upon these days not for wakeboarders and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> luckily wait, people wait, that live on lakes what are you talking whoa, about whoa, whoa. Whoa. whoa wait what so, so when, do you know anything about the Hall of Fame yet, or do we know we have any dates, or with the so, whole COVID well, thing? So traditionally, we would have an event at Surf Expo, right, and do inductions there. Um, we were fortunate enough um, when when we got had hurricane issue in I guess 2019, we were able to do it at the WSIA um, Snow Summit in Tahoe, right? So we, we were able to do do some inductions there. Uh, 2020 is, as we all know, is, is a damn write-off of a year, right? Yeah. I mean, nobody's going anywhere. Nobody's doing anything. Um, so as far as obviously honoring the inductees, um, they'll all be, you know, sent their, their trophies, their, you know, kind of whatever, uh, plaques, whatever to, to commemorate it. But, you know, we want to wait and do something in person for both the, the 2019 and 2020 class when we all come back online. Right. Okay, so yeah. whether that is at surf expo 2021, whether it is at, uh, a big event or a number of big events where, you know, some of the inductees, you know, not everybody's from Florida. Some people may be on the West coast, whatever, but have a way to honor them in person and physically and allow them to, you know, have some words, right. Yeah. If they want to thank anybody or, or just say what it means to them to be, you know, inducted into the hall of fame. We want to provide that for them. And I think, you know, it, it it just resonates better in person, right? I get it. All the yeah. online Zoom calls and meetings and doing online, whatever it is, right? Get togethers. That's fine. But you guys know as well as I, it lacks that soul, that real kind of just genuine, you know, goodness about it. Yeah, so, I agree. So, you know, my hope is that, you know, as things resolve themselves and we get back to a, a more kind of connected way of life, you know, physically, we'll be able to honor the inductees, all of whom have not been properly honored in person, right? Yeah. Whether it be a big ass party, whether it be a number of parties, whether it be different events, uh, we're going to we're going to have to figure out and, and really play it by ear, but be flexible and thoughtful about how we do it to really show how much that we think it means to us as an industry and as 
as a Hall of Fame to, to for the people that have contributed so much. If you could, Mike, just because you're on the board, explain to the audience the difference of the wakeboarding Hall of Fame and the water ski, because they are two separate entities. And I think a Absolutely. lot of people get confused on, on why and, and, and the whole story. Absolutely. And there's a lot of backstory that's not even worth going into. But, but honestly, the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame um, was founded by Tommy Phillips. And then Jim Emmons came in in short order. And to- Tommy, obviously, longtime retailer. He was in kind of the first you know world championships back in hawaii in the late 80s and was just a real fixture on the scene in the wakeboarding world jim emmons who i mentioned a minute ago was the editor for wakeboarding magazine he was at you know world pub and all of the 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 kind of uh written and and marketed magazines across the, the the board um promoting wakeboarding and all that so those guys it's really their passion their brainchild that has brought us to where we are now but we feel like having much like back in the day where the water ski tour and the wakeboarding tour kind of separated just for the fact that there were different mindsets there were different opportunities and different kind of ways that these sports were going we felt that you know having a specific wakeboarding hall of fame that was you know truthful to what happened how the sport evolved in in its many iterations right from competitive wake stuff you know that we saw the darren shapiro's dominate and and be masters of of the craft at that to people like you know, Josh Smith or Greg Nelson, who came from a much different background, uh, kind of that West Coast, more style, less focused on tournament results. Um, and, and that's really how we've we've tried to mold this into a, a more, you know, kind of a separate and independent while respecting, you know, what the Water Ski Hall of Fame does as well. They they certainly honor wake as as a sport, but at the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, we feel there's just more to it than just competitive results, than just kind of the competition angle, which which is a huge part of it, but it doesn't flesh out the sport as a lifestyle that, that we see it be, you know, such a part of everybody's fabric nowadays. Right, well said. That's probably the best ex- explanation I've ever heard, and, and very politically <laughs> correct, too. <laughs> very well, well mean, done. It, look, it's... There's no, you know, there's no animosity or, or anything towards any other groups. It's just like, hey, if if we were there, right, Dave, you and I were there front row, and for whatever amount of time that was, we're able to tell our stories or get our friends or brothers or sisters or whomever were a part of it to tell their truth and their stories and their experiences. It does a heck of a lot better than, you know, just going to you know, an editor of a magazine or somebody who heard it third party or whatever, right? It just gives it that much more, you know, soul and content and 
And heck, we just sit around and laugh about it, right? We're like, oh my gosh, do you remember that? Oh, I forgot about that. Do you remember, you know, doing a one eight, an Air 180 in a rental car? Oh my gosh, do you remember, you know? And, <laughs> Air 180 so, in a rental car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you know the deal, Dave. I'm not, yeah. That's funny. So, you know, I, I, I think I told you that I was up in the Hamptons this summer coaching for the summer. Yes, and, yes, yes. And who I was up there with was uh, Hussey was up there, Scott Hussey, Billy Garcia. Uh-huh. Remember Billy Garcia? Yeah, yeah. yeah and sure. Austin Langston. And, oh, and of, man, Austin's awesome. Yeah, and of course, Rob Reed, you know, owns the deal. But Billy, we were laughing one night that Billy beat me one uh, tournament. I, I did a whirly, and he did a, a three or something. And the, the, the spin beat the whirly. And he was like, he couldn't believe it happened, but the, the, it happened with the judging that time. And, you know, it's just shit, when things were all changing and it was it was funny to look back on it, to reflect on. It. Right. No, it's amazing. Right. And to see those changes and be cognizant of them. And, it, and it, it's even more fun when we bring it to current day and what's going on. Right. And I, I try my best to to keep up with, you know, the current writers and who's doing what and and how amazing it is but it's interesting to I, I always wonder hey are the harley cliffords or iacone or these guys do they know where some of this stuff even came from do right. they realize kind of the whether it be the beat downs or the the ass whippings for for no return on our investment we got to <laughs> to bring it to this space you right. know what i mean right right exactly Wow, so, that's awesome. It's so cool when you bring it kind of full circle and to see the stuff the guys are doing now, Tyler Hyam and all these, these just unbelievably mind-blowing, cool stuff that's going on. But but it's all rooted in so much of the things that, that were going on in the you know early 90s, mid-90s, right late on. 90s that, that people – you know, just, you know, sweat it out and slogged it out and traveled around the country, you know, trying to, to put up good numbers and, and, you know, make their friends laugh. Right. Well, you know, so we, Mike and I like to do this thing on the show. Uh, it's it's called The Break, and it's usually current news. And we'll take some of our, us old guys that had fun in the 90s, and we'll put our input in in, uh, in The Break. You want to join along with us? Let's do it. I'm, I'm totally in. He doesn't know shit about water sports, but he found a way to fit in. It's time for The Break with Mike Lee. And we're going to start everything off with something that I'm sure both of you are familiar with. Uh, swinging. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that was the wrong button. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, hundreds of swingers apparently descended on New Orleans over this past weekend uh, for a big swingers convention. Really? Yeah, hundreds of swingers. Hundreds. Did they wear of masks? Swinging in. It was a big. It was a big swingers ball. Did they wear masks? And I they, mean, had, they did not wear masks. <laughs> no, they were all planning on going in and uh, letting it all hang out, literally, and yeah. uh, and and headed over to New Orleans for a big swingers ball. Really? I love talking about swingers balls. Really? Come What's really funny is it looks like they just jammed it in right before stricter re- oh, requirements oh. came in. Uh, what, what's wrong? What? J- jammed it in. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, yeah, but no, they, they went into uh, New Orleans, and unfortunately for them, well, their favorite spot where they usually go whenever they head into New Orleans for this big swingers ball uh, it had changed ownership over the pandemic. Okay. And the new owner 
got rid of the clothing optional policy, and so they were all let down. These people all booked tickets, flew in for an annual ball, and they got there, and the guy turned them all away. The guy turned them all away. All the swingers, the the big swingers. The, You've got to wear your clothes to this, yeah. this <laughs> yeah. formerly clothing. Unfortunately, no more swinging. Well, oh, yeah. well there you go. Yeah. Uh, if well, you guys, they, oh, go ahead. They, I was going to say they can always go down to Hedonism Two down in Jamaica. I've heard things about that place. <laughs> yeah, let's all make a trip. I'm in. Uh, if you guys are feeling a little bit uh, anxious because of the coronavirus, because of the whole lockdown thing, maybe your maybe your mental health is not where it should be. Uh, you might want to pick up a video game. Oh, really? Yeah. According to a new Oxford University study, uh, suggests that playing video games may actually be good. For your mental health. Huh. Yeah. Why, why do they feel that? Uh, scientists looked over the data at two games, Plants vs. Zombies, uh, Battle for Neighborville, and Animal Crossing New Horizons. You know, those big, huge oh, yeah. mega sellers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, researchers say that the level of enjoyment people got from the games was a bigger factor to their mental health than the actual time they spent playing. The director of research told uh, uh, news agencies, in fact... Play can be an activity that relates positively to people's mental health, and regulating video games could withhold those benefits from players. So they're actually arguing that they should not regulate video games. Oh, boy. Yeah. What uh, is Animal Crossing? It's like a modern-day yeah. version of Frogger? Uh, Frogger? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I think. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is, actually. I have no idea. Did you play Frogger? Oh, Frogger was great. Yeah. Did you, were you yeah. ever a gamer, either one of you? I was a Donkey Kong guy. Yeah. You were? Oh, yeah, because I graduated high school in 85. So, I mean, it was if you were good, you could yeah. make 50 cents last you know, two hours. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I did some Donkey Kong into like Pac-Man into and and I don't know that one of my wakeboard graphics one of my pro model graphics was called the Mega Man and that was one of the these funny Nintendo yeah games oh I remember Mega Man they have a new version out that is now supposedly one of the best-selling video games of all time the new Mega Man no kidding yeah, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. um, get back my big arcade game was Galaga Galaga was good oh, yeah oh. When I was a, when I was a kid, my um, my uh, cousin would babysit me. He's about your age, Dave, yeah. and he would babysit me as a kid. And we would walk about uh, half a mile or so up the road to the game room. Yeah, and we would play that stupid game. I mean, for hours. I definitely want one of the consoles that you get now that has all the old oh yeah '80s games on them. Yeah, buddy. Get one. I, uh, Gino's got one, and we'll go over and <laughs> knock out some Donkey Kong at his house once in a while. <laughs> A real-life fight club was raided in New York City over the weekend with the New York City Sheriff's Department raiding a warehouse filled with guns, drugs, and about 200 people. And they were in there fighting, like the yep. fight club? The people were in the warehouse. Uh, they were there to watch an amateur fighting event dubbed Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, it's apparently uh, 10 people were arrested, including the guy who organized the event. Uh, he's facing eight charges, including one for conducting a prohibited combat sport. You guys ever been to an illegal uh, illegal boxing match? God, maybe. You ever had an illegal boxing match? Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you ever Probably. hosted an illegal boxing match? I know yeah. I've uh, I've had to hit a few guys from uh, protecting Zane over the years in bars. Yeah. You know that you, <laughs> I, I, you see that kind of stuff all the time in the movies. Like uh, you know the gangsters, the underground gangsters are hosting a fight or whatever. Right. 
I just never really thought that it really went on. The, you know, there was a bar in Orlando. Mike, you might remember the Roxy. They used to put a boxing ring in there. Yes, yes, and, yes. And absolutely. It, it was pretty. I mean, it wasn't illegal, but it was. It was a bunch of drunks, and you could get oh, up and yeah. box. Oh, it was tough, really? man. Yeah, it was like a full tough man night, and and drunk people would get up there and beat the hell out of each other. And it was, yeah, it was. Did they have insane. gloves on? Oh yeah, they'd give yeah. you gloves and headgear, and you had to wear a collar shirt in there too. Like you couldn't wear jeans; you had to wear a collar yeah. shirt. It was all like, yeah, it was a real fancy joint. It, it was. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it, it. was, and it was yeah, a bar. Right. It was. It, they put a boxing ring right in the middle of the damn bar. Wow! And you'd watch drunks get up there, and the worst were women. Like the the women, you'd have to peel them off each oh, other. Oh, I'm sure, man. They start going at it um i never had uh never went to a bar that had a boxing ring but in oklahoma city there's a place called in cahoots and every friday and saturday night they have a live rodeo in their bar oh really yeah they have a full section at the end of the bar it's a giant warehouse type uh dancing uh floor you know big huge dance floor and a stage at one end and at the other end of this giant dance floor is a miniature uh, little bull ring. And they're riding bulls? And they will take the bulls in there. It's got a six-foot metal fence all the way around it and all dirt. And the back end goes right to the parking lot. And they will back those bulls up in their trailer, load them in there, and they'll friggin' have bull riding. Oklahoma. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> wow. Dude, that's What was yeah. the deal, Mike, when we were on the tour? Was it North Carolina that you'd go to bars or... Uh, and you'd have to bring your own booze. You'd have to be a member or something. Yeah. So there were are some counties that that were dry counties, or they were they were kind of membership only counties where you would have to buy a membership to the bar for like a dollar, right? And then you could BYOB, which oh yeah, they would, throw, they would throw it in their fridge for you, but then they would serve it back to you, and you would tip off of that, but. It was a very weird scene. It yeah, because totally- I remember some of the strip clubs we went to. Were I was like just that about too. to say they did the same yeah. thing in a, a strip club in Austin, Texas. Did the same thing. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're they exactly would they would right. give you like if you give them a case of beer, let's say they would give you twenty four tickets, and you would say uh, I need a beer, and you would give them the ticket, and they would go back and get you the Bud Light beer or whatever. Yeah, right. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, totally weird. Totally weird. All right, we're gonna wrap things up here. We're gonna wrap the break up with a little bit of a. Do you guys remember this? Stevie Nicks. Yeah, Stevie, Stevie Nicks. A little Stevie Nicks there. What you probably don't remember is that uh, uh, this guy named Nathan Apodaca, he became viral recently. Okay. Do you remember this? No. He was riding yep. his skateboard, drinking an ocean spray, and listening to Stevie oh, Nicks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, saw that. Yeah, you saw that? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Viral. Hugely viral. This guy was living in a uh, an RV in his brother's driveway. <laughs> With no, shooters full, yeah. With no, yeah. It was totally doing that exactly. Uh, what is that, cousin? Cousin Eddie? Yeah, cousin yeah. Eddie. <laughs> I got a plate Dennis in my Quaid. head. Yeah. You wouldn't know it except for every time I'm getting too close to a microwave, I piss, piss my pants. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this guy is living in an RV in his brother's driveway. Well, he just recently was able to buy a five-bedroom, three-bedroom crib. And paid cash for it, $320,000, all from his viral video. No kidding. Yep. If that doesn't give you hope, what does? Right? (laughs) (laughs) He uh, Apparently, uh, once this thing went viral, people found out about his situation, started making a bunch of donations. And then, on top of that, Ocean Spray gifted him a truck. 
No like, kidding. So he's got a brand new house and a truck from one viral video, which got 11 million views on TikTok. Now that's America, right? Is there. it? That's the ever. American dream. There you go. It's, it's not dead yet. Oh, man. And that, my friends, is your break. All right, everybody. Well, Mike, I can't thank you enough for coming back on the show. And congrats on the Hall of Fame, man. What a huge deal. Man, thank you very much, Dave and Mike. And uh, look, I'm going to have to interrupt one of your podcasts coming up when I have some big breaking news about the Hall of Fame and some uh, impending awesome partnerships we have. I love it. I look forward to giving you guys the scoop and catching up with you soon. Can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to hear. Well, on behalf of Mike Lee, I'm Dave Briscoe. This episode was brought to you by Pool Water Sports. Pool Water Sports up in, Al, uh, sorry, up in northern Georgia. Uh, they do ship all over the world, and they've got uh, all the products that you need to go out and have fun on the water. Up in northern Georgia, that's that's the state where they love Joe Biden, isn't it? Uh, I you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> It'll flip, too. It'll flip, too. <laughs> Until next time, we'll talk to you on the Outside Edge.